Hi and welcome to another Making Sense of It with me, Emma Kenny. And me, Peter Smith. Getting back to being regular now. Y- yeah, we are. Like, uh, we had a hiatus, but we're back. Yes. It's, uh, it's not bonfire night, but it's sort of bonfire night for us, isn't it? It is bonfire night for us. It's quite a nice time, actually, of year, this, because we have a tradition in our family. If you're listening to this at a completely different time of year, understand that it is actually like the 2nd of November, I think, right now. Third. Is it the third? Yeah. So we have a tradition every year in my family, my family, where since we were kids, we went to the local scouts, like fire work display, but I'm not to be honest, quite convinced that it's the scouts behind it. Oh, I'm pretty no, sure that yeah. millions of pounds go into it, and I think there's probably some kind of embezzlement going on that none of us are aware of. But anyway, yeah. who cares? Brilliant display yeah. every single it's year. Almost like the Olympics. And true to form, it's actually stormy outside and is probably going to be horrendous for the hour that we're there. But never mind, because sometimes tradition usurps sense. And yeah. in this context, that's what's going to happen. It is. And also, just to say... 16 years ago, pretty much around now, I went into induced labour with my first son. So my first boy, who's 16 on Monday, who took three days and a bit to arrive because he was a special care little baby. And I was very poorly and he was very... Oh, the cat's gone off (laughs) my microphone, if you're watching that. Um, Right, come on in. (laughs) So I was very poorly, he was very poorly and I had a rather long and drawn out yet wonderful labour. And I can still remember the night before having him, I was in hospital because obviously I'd been on the maternity um, delivery suite for quite a while. You're only there usually to deliver your child, but because I'd been induced and then there was a consultant and I was being monitored. And back in the day, they just like send the husband home. Oh, you know, you go and get your rest. Yes, you go and get your rest. You go and get your rest. And I'll just stay here in pain, in slow labour for three days. I'd have stayed. Yeah, I know you'd have stayed, dear. But that's why I'm divorced. But long and short of it, truth was that I lay in bed with my slow contractions every three to five minutes for a very long time before they put me on that wonderful drip that kind of helped to bring him along. And I could hear all the fireworks. And I remember thinking, this time next year, I'll have a one-year-old. And it was a really kind of comforting experience during that. Was he born sort of early morning? on? He was born in the afternoon on the 6th with my mother next to me going be all right and me behaving very well and um not being allowed any pain relief no because i was a special care i was really really unwell and i hadn't been able to eat from five months so by the time i got to eight months they had to get him out because i just couldn't feed him anymore and he was getting really poorly and distressed and i was poorly and distressed as well yeah so unfortunately because of my gallbladder had gone septic I needed to have it removed and they couldn't do that whilst I was pregnant. So they needed to get him out and then I got straight within two weeks operating <clears> on for that. But it was great. Yeah. Let's just remember it as joyful. Best thing in the ever. Whenever we do anchoring, so for people who don't really know what anchoring is, basically anchoring is a way of dealing with anxiety and um, it involves using your thumb and your fingers to kind of press together and you do some kind of guided hypnosis and relaxation and it takes you to a place where it gives you a preferred memory. And that preferred memory is when you're having a stressful situation or in my experience, my dentist, if I'm going to my have my dental work done, I don't really like going to the dentist. Inherited phobia from my mother, but you know, you go, it's not too bad, but I use anchoring. I always use that memory when they handed this tiny little premature boy to me. And I was like, oh my God, everything makes sense now. 
Yeah. The world makes sense. It is a wonderful place. And I never, ever have to be self-indulgent again. I can just go, I have meaning. There's a really special time. It's a really interesting thing. I think lots of mums feel that way. I think, you know, I was just about to say that. I was just about yeah. to say that, you know, that you see the, see a huge change in every mum. <clears throat> everybody I've known like, in the past who've never had kids and all of a sudden they have a kid, it's like, there's this, this change uh, you're liking it to like them thinking that they are the only person in the world that's ever had a kid. Not in a harsh way. I mean, they've just suddenly like it's like this. You know, I'm taken to motherhood. You know, in a way. No, actually, what you just suggested then was a complete criticism of women who just post all their pictures all over there and talk <laughs> oh, constantly no. about it. Well, to say the words, I liken it to them thinking that nobody else ever in the world has had a kid would suggest a degree of narcissism and poor self-knowledge. But whatever, just throwing it in there to any of the mums watching this and putting Pete on your hate list. Don't worry, it'll be at the top of mind at the end of this. I didn't mean that. I mean, that's, whatever. That's, that's why, you know... <laughs> You're just pulling faces at the camera now. <laughs> Oh, well, all mums are going to hurt me. I know what I mean. We all know what you mean, Peter. It's like the time we where they all know, know what when, you mean. Yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah. So anyway, your bundles of joy got delivered to you at the ages of seven and nine. They did, so yeah. I mean, large. the labour I went through was uh, was probably likened to maybe a divorce and then <laughs> probably partying for a few weeks and then meeting the woman of my dreams and two bundles of joy appearing in my life and missing out the mass depression the yeah. helplessness and hopelessness the absolute ridiculous yeah. the sleepless nights yeah the, but yeah. let's skip over that vomit bit. and wee well and... to be honest that is pretty much where most mothers end up covered in vomit and wee but anyway the point is it's the most joyful time of year for me yeah. I it's also one of the most expensive times of year for me. It's birthdays, Christmas, another birthday as well, and yours as well. You oh, mine doesn't really count, though, does it? No, I'm all right, no, no to be right, honest, nobody cares. And I've got everything I need. Yeah, so. you'll keep believing that. Well, look into my eyes, look into my eyes, look around the eyes. You're under. <laughs> so, anyway, back to reality. We are going out tonight to do our bonfire. Yeah, I'm, I'm still under. Well, number one, you couldn't possibly say that. <laughs> So, yeah, true. Anchoring, anyway. Well, you're gonna—that's be... what I use my preferred memory for. Yeah, we're gonna put in some of those videos out soon. Yeah, we are doing loads of free videos. Oh, I've got so much to tell you. Anyway, following on from the last particular podcast that you may have had your ears burnt by, when I was kind of in a bit of a less positive place that day, I think. I think I was a bit of a rant that day. I don't even remember what it is. I'm one of those individuals. What I the go, last podcast? Go to sleep, me, and then the next day I'm like, okay, here we go again. Don't remember any of it. What, what happened? It's like I'm in an induced state of amnesia 97% yeah, yeah. of the time. Probably, would that be quite, would it be good that? Would it be, because you can just get away with stuff. It was fine when Alex Sandler did the, Adam Sandler did the 51st Dates with Drew Barrymore. It all worked out fine. They had a yacht at the end. She had lots of sticky notes that reminded her of what had happened and why she There's lost her There's too lines. many flaws in that picture, that film, that flick. There's too many flaws in it. Yeah, but everybody it. lives happily Lit- after No, but there's too many flaws in it. What is the difference between the end and the beginning? You know what I mean? She's still the same person. She still has amnesia. She cannot remember. So what changes throughout it, except for just the storyline of a film, and at the end, she's just exactly the same person because she doesn't remember when she wakes up the next morning, who she is, what she is, where she is, where she got it. So why is she suddenly still in love with him? doesn't make any sense. Because she has all the anchors around her that remind her of why she is in love with him and she falls in love with him every day. That's the aim. And they have a baby and everything. Pretty awkward. 
for the baby. Mum! Who are you? <laughs> what are you? That's the baby on Why it am I on well. yeah. a boat? Yeah. Tell anyway. me with the baby on it as well. <laughs> it would be. Adam Sandler would be just, you know, both the mum and the baby keeps forgetting every day who they are. The baby wouldn't really matter because I wouldn't really know that until the, I don't know, how would that work? I've come dressed as a zebra today if you're watching this on uh, YouTube, by the way. No, I have, I've come dressed as a piece of concrete. Oh, you're so weird. Great. Do you know what? You know what? Right. Go on. You don't always have to just come out with shit. Oh, so what was that that you just said? I'm dressed as a zebra today. It's a, you're not. You haven't got hang like on. a massive horse's no, no, head hang on. Hang on. Hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on a minute. Anybody who wants to comment on why I might have suggested that I've come dressed as a zebra, please do feel free to join in the comments yeah. below with hashtag, yes, you do look like a zebra. For anybody who isn't watching this on YouTube and listening on a podcast on iTunes, she's sat literally a zebra coat, but she's not come dressed as a zebra because she hasn't got a massive zebra head on and another person behind her. <laughs> it's a pantomime zebra. So people that are listening, not watching, because how are they going to know that you're dressed as a zebra? Because if you say I'm coming dressed as a zebra on the podcast on iTunes, they're going to be sat there listening thinking, what, she's actually dressed up as a full zebra? We should do that. Have you frozen in time now? <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Go on, you were saying you're coming dressed as a zebra. Come on, you come dressed as a zebra. <laughs> Ricky Gervais will have something to say about that if you come dressed as a zebra. Well, it was leading on to something. All right, right, go on then. No, it's fine. No, I want it's to It's fine now, you've ruined it. Have I? What was it? What was it it was his onkey. Oh, what? Oh, you were just telling me about that? Right, yeah. I was just telling you about that, but... God, you need to tell them now. Because I wasn't really listening when you were telling me. I just heard the... <laughs> so mothers just basically become narcissists when they have children and then the husbands just stop listening to them. <laughs> so that's what we can all take from today so far. A donkey is a donkey and a zebra that mate, and they're very rare, but there's two in the UK and one's just been born. And I'm wearing a zebra coat that does not suit this kitchen, but I'm cold. I also have, again, if you're watching on YouTube, a hot water bottle. My hot water bottle, for anybody who can't see it, says Emma loves Pete, Tide, Evan, and hot water bottles. What it should read is Emma loves Tide, Evan, <laughs> Wookie, Molly, <laughs> Blue Chase, and Poppy, hot water bottles, and Pete. <laughs> Probably some food items would be. I feel like I'm the sort there. of like. I'm like a villain today. Well, it's all right, because uh, all women are narcissists once they have children, so <laughs> that's why I can't that. think about you anymore. No room. <laughs> I got about my children all the time. <laughs> Taking photos of the first day at school. And Do you know what's really nice, though? That we had this break from the podcast because of all the issues that are being ironed out at the moment. And like I said, I feel like I'm leading up to some kind of murder mystery expose where it's like, this is what happened. Um, but genuinely, it's just impossible to even talk about right now yeah. for lots of reasons that have been pretty challenging. But nonetheless, you know, like my mum says, you just pick yourself up, 
move on, get on with it. Or like my brother said to my mum today, I never had a day off school because you made me go, even when I was ill. That's the type of mother you are. You have no patience. You're the most impatient mother I've ever, ever could imagine. It's like literally that's what he said today. And that was coming from Ashes, which is who's the angel kid, so. He's the angel kid. He's the angel kid. But it was really cute. Because my mum, realistically, we've talked about this before, my brother is brilliant. And he is the most impatient, patient person you'll ever meet. You know, there are some people who just like tell you that they're really patient, but they're kind of a bit patient, but not necessarily very patient. I'm the same. I'm like massively impatient. But him and my mum have got a really bonded relationship, you know, really bonded relationship. And I genuinely know why he is what she would consider her favourite. It's not that she loves him more. She doesn't. But as a person, that's the person that she connects with mostly from throughout our lives. I think I'm really close to her now, but nonetheless, that's how it stands. But whatever he says matters. So my mum is not like a conflictual person with him because my dad's been really ill and my dad's still dealing with quite a lot of the anxiety. So if you've ever had delirium or if you've experienced psychosis, another kind of side of that could be like hyper-anxiety. It's really awful. It's one of those things where you kind of listen to the person and they're just in such mental anguish and you know that it'll pass with the right medication time support but for my dad right now it's just like really intolerable it's intolerable you know you watch him walking down the street and it's intolerable and like you can't get it through to him that a few weeks ago three four weeks ago he's nearly dead because for him he's not back to normal and it's really difficult for him patience wise but my mum obviously is doing it 24 7 so she's getting pissed off (laughs) But my brother was like making it very clear you can't be pissed off with somebody who's ill and you kind of get it but at the same time I know that I'd probably be that person I'd probably be like right Peter enough now Peter you know it's like one of those things and you have to be kind of very methodical with my dad and go through why he's feeling the way he is and why all that paperwork from the hospital is irrelevant it doesn't matter you're kind of doing all this stuff but it made me giggle today when my brother was kind of telling my mum what an impatient person that she'd been but anyway that's by the by. We've been going through these challenges nonetheless, including family ones. Yeah. And what's really heartening is the fact that whenever we do a podcast, like people listen and then they're like, oh, we're really glad to hear you back. And we're really happy to see that things are okay. Or, you know, really sad that you're going through that kind of stuff. And it's a really interesting experience because I don't know, the world's kind of quite a lonely place sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. And it just reminds you that even in your kind of loneliest and most challenging of times, there are people that you know if you live next door to them they invite you around for a brew and I kind of think that that's quite sad about the world to some degree. You, know, you can see from our podcast, don't get me wrong, you get some right knobheads getting in touch, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But it's like, welcome, that's, that's fine. You can't put oh, yourself right. out there, can you? You can't put yourself out there and not introduce yourself to that negativity. But it's far outweighed by the positivity. And I think our listeners... They just like make a massive effort to remind us that like they would be the people who put the kettle on and said, just come in and natter away at yeah. your feelings. I, see, I mean, the, this podcast is, you know, it's not about <clears throat> doing it for any political or spiritual reasons or anything. It's just, it's just a general discussion podcast. And any, if anything, as well, like we've said before on other podcasts, it's something to leave your mark to your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids. You know, your grandchildren, you know what I mean? So it's, my kids will listen to it and go, oh my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Mum wasn't a straight A student. <laughs> what? Dad like, did what? <laughs> my kids will just, I don't want them probably to listen to it. Not until like 15, 16, <laughs> when they've established what, no. themselves. Yeah. But I mean, what it's, it's, it's like a... This whole, the whole sort of social media, the whole digital world now is keeping all you, I mean, nobody <coughs> has physical, I mean, probably do have 
physical photos, but photo albums are on the... I've know. got all my old photo albums. Well, yeah, we do. See, we Pete did a really weird thing. Pete did a really weird thing that I think. So I'm like first and last agree with the whole thing that when you've got a Facebook profile, if you've got like 16 X's on it, just get rid of it. But the physical ones, I kind of like physical photos and you got rid of all your X and U's photographs together, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Well, it's just a point. It's just and a... you were like, I can't believe you've still got your wedding album, Emma. And oh, as you like... know, but it's because you've got two children with like, him. He's the biological dad, even and though I was, like, um... we were happy then. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm like more of a dad anywhere here, but it's a biological dad. It's, it's a different thing, isn't it? Because they're going to want to see. It's for them, really. It's not for you. You know, it's for them. I mean, yeah. I got rid of mine because <clears throat> I felt <clears throat> that 10 years of my life had just been absolutely and utterly wasted. There was absolutely no point because I, I could have partied myself. I could have done what I did throughout those years, but by myself, and I had probably a lot more fun, to be honest. You know, um, I'd have worked where I worked. I'd have been by myself. I could have had a lot more fun. I just felt, <clears throat> and yeah, in fact, I've not really thought about that, but when I'm talking about it now, it felt and it feels as if there's been 10 years of my life, which was just everything I've done in that time, there was nothing that came out of it that she, you know, I didn't have kids or anything like that, so which I'm thank God for, because I didn't want to have kids with her. But it was more of a, I could have done it all, all of that, but by myself. And I wouldn't have wasted it. I'd have gone and gone, oh, I've had 10 years of brilliantness, you know. And the only thing that I would have wished was to have met you earlier. But you wouldn't you know? have been who you were. I would. No, you wouldn't. Probably wouldn't have been as angry. But you wouldn't have been who you were. Yeah, true. You but... can't be who you are. You can't, like, change a breath yeah. of your experience and be who you are. Well, I just, so got, you know, I just got, rid of, got rid of the photos because, you know, just, there wasn't that many that I had. I'm terrible. I hoard other people's photographs. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I adopted an old lady when she was like, she wasn't too old back then, if I'm really honest. She was like in her late 60s. But we just like completely adopted her. I moved next door to her when I was at university and I was like, she turned up with, <laughs> as a strict vegan at university. I'm vegetarian now. I will be vegan again. But yeah, I remember like I moved to this place, 29 Elgin Street in Deepdale in Preston, which is where I went to my first university. And firstly, I'd never even been to Preston, nor did I knew it exist until I actually didn't do as well in my levels and had to go somewhere. And I ended up in Preston. And I moved <coughs> in the first semester I rented this really shit place. It was awful. But of course, because I always do everything my way, and like can't listen to reason and sense, which is a regret of mine until when I was an adult, I realized that's fine. But as a kid, bloody hell, I wish somebody had just got Emma, just, just listen a bit. And um, I moved away with my boyfriend who was a uh, manic depressive. I'm really in a bad place a lot of the time, but I didn't even know what bipolar was then, obviously. Yeah, it's not a... Absolutely not. I didn't hear that until EastEnders, so, which I never used to watch, but I used to get forced to watch. So anyway, this basically ended up, my parents are brilliant, working class mentality, back in the day where you self-certified, if you could get a house, get a house. Oh, yeah, self-certified, yeah. said what you were. Yeah. How much do you earn? Six million? <laughs> enough, enough, <laughs> enough. So I got this like really cheap 25 grand house. Uh, never got done up, you know, apart from me doing it up. Hey, I wallpapered those upstairs really well, though. I remember I went to Next and they were selling off pieces of like these wallpapers. Yeah, rolls of wallpaper, 75p. I did the whole of the upstairs in it, the whole of the upstairs. That's not bad enough for Next wallpaper. It was amazing. That. It was Good amazing. Quality. It was, Th and it didn't need to pay, the paste, it was already on the yeah. back, so I just did it. Really? Yeah, even better. Yeah, you had to put it in the water and stuff and like spread it out. Oh, I did wow. it really, really well. It was really thick. It was really good. And I tiled my bathroom. I tiled I the bathroom. I mean, it was Not everywhere, but I tiled it. I was terrible. No, you're very good at stuff like that. 
No, I'm not. I look like somebody you let an 18-year-old tile the bathroom. I tiled it. I tiled it all right, actually. I actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually tiled, The only thing I struggled with was, 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 was angles. I didn't know how they managed to do that. Obviously, they used to have the proper tools for it. And then it got to like... Smashing it. Well, it got to a point where... where I did. I made a, I put, I got a new, put a new sink in. A plastic, like a new sink. And I, and, and, I, and I literally did all the topping and mosaic around it. And put all the stuff over it. It looked pretty good. It was more of an artist sort of, you know. You know, get me. And uh, I actually put a shower in as well. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to do any of that. I never had a shower. I mean, I did buy one at one point, but I could never afford to have it fitted. I didn't have a bed. I slept on a mattress on the floor. I bought forty pounds suite from an op shop. You know, the Salvation Army kind of thing. They brought it round for forty quid, and it was like I got it really cheap because it wasn't the fire retardant one. You can't sell them anymore. Yeah, Back in the day, you could. 40 quid. And then um, I lived there. And then one day, about four weeks after I've moved in, I got a knock on the door and there was this woman outside and she always looked elderly, even though she wasn't too old at all. She's about 68 then. And she knocked on and it was this woman called Hilda. And she kind of said, oh, I'm your neighbour. She was next door to us, obviously. <coughs> Hers was the end terrace, mine was next to it. And she walked in and she was like, um, well, she didn't walk in, but she kind of stood on the doorstep and I was like, hi! Because obviously, like, I've yeah. always been like that. It's like, brilliant! Her neighbours come to say hello. And it was a really interesting kind of place to live because I knew all my neighbours. It was really good. Got into a fight with one of them across the road, but that's another story. Um, and yeah, she kind of came in, told me that the guttering was leaking and said that she'd get it sorted for us. She was dead generous. And I remember just like having a little chat with her on the doorstep and she was just lovely. And like, I remember just, she said to me, if you ever want anything, come next door and I'll make you a cup of tea. And the next day there was a knock on the door and I went and she brought me cream cakes and prawns. Cream and cakes I and prawns. I didn't eat prawns yeah. and I didn't eat cream cakes. But I took the cream cakes and I said, I'm vegetarian actually. I said, I'm vegan. I said, so I can't really have cream cakes. Uh, so the, my, my cat would love the prawns. And from that week on, every week, she went to Marks and Spencer's, every week she got Tigger prawns. <clears throat> and every week, in spite of me telling her consistently that I didn't eat cake, she brought me cake. But Maybe she knew you were giving it to Tigger as well. So began my story of, of wonder on a journey with a woman who was decades and decades. You know, she's my grandma's age. Mm. And I absolutely fell in love with her. And I used to, in the end, you know, the last two years of university... And I was there for longer. I would go up every morning and have my breakfast with her and her husband. And she didn't have any children. And then she started to relate to me as like her daughter. And I used to call her mum. And it was one of those gorgeous relationships. And when I left to go traveling, mm. we had started having her at home, my mum and dad's, for Christmas with her husband. When Albert died, I did actually, when I went traveling, give them my car. <coughs> Suffice to say, Albert did nearly kill many people, but he managed just not to kill anybody. Really but it was cute. very, I think that's it was, really cute. It was close, but he loved that car for those years. And when he died, I was with Hilda and we were both in the hospital together. And we were very, very close. And then she came and lived with us around here. So, you know, that was how our story was. Which way did she live? She came down to the literally, we went to the, um, there's a place called the Methodist home at the bottom. Yeah. She spent two weeks with me and um, three times a year. So she'd have two weeks at my house when I used to live in Unsworth. So that was usually Christmas would do two weeks, Easter yeah. would do two weeks, and end of September usually two weeks. I think that's so cute. I think yeah, it's so funny, but that, to be, well, it is. But then she moved, then we moved just round the corner from here. But if I'm honest, the saddest part of it is that I 
just exchange contracts on the house that was around the corner from the home because then she could have come and stayed and I had a room downstairs. Yeah. Anyway, we never got to that. But my mum and dad were amazing then. They brought her in and everything. Yeah, but yeah. she's my other mum. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever known what it's like to be pro- properly unconditionally loved. Yeah. And because your parents, I'm sure they do unconditionally love you fully, but your expectation is that they should. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But like, she was somebody who just didn't need to. She's amazing. I've got all her pictures. So there you go. Carrying around that story to this we're point. Still, we're still, still I right. keep everybody's pictures, yeah. including people's that have well, got actually, no family you've actually, relationship. Yeah, you've actually still got Hilda. <laughs> yeah, I have got Hilda. You have, yeah. Well, my mum took half of her. All oh, right, you still got some. I'm very attached to Ashes. So where's where's the other half? We spread her. Oh, where? Where? Just over, in, just basically, if you go up to Lytham, yeah, there's a really kind of beautiful place there, and it's oh. where she had some happy memories. So, oh there. man, what? Not like a legal spreading, more of a, you know, kind of spreading. Oh, I don't think anybody does legal spreadings to the. Well, we didn't. Would you have to ring? Ring the legal spreading. Hello, is that the legal spreading hotline? Yeah. You know, Hi there. I'm just gonna. Come down and spread someone. It's I just loved like, her very yeah. much. She was a very wonderful person. But yeah, I keep everything up. If we could get Pam off Dars, I'd nick that as well. That's not going to happen, is it? No, well, no, because he's not going to yeah. give me... Can I have, can I have your ex-partner's ashes, please? I'd really like... Just half of them. Yeah. Just, just give us half. Just a little bit. We've got our little cats in boxes. Oh, it's just... You know one of those? It's like one of them if you did, like, come dine with me and you went round the house and they arrived like, at the cupboard. <laughs> What the hell is this? Gift bag? Yeah. Oh, what's this gift bag? Oh, look at this. Ooh. Open it up. Oh, Jesus. Cookies? Yeah. Uh. yeah. It's better than having stuff, though, isn't I it? I know. Uh, well, in the room, there's just loads of stuff like things. You know, it right? has been mad, though. Recently, it's been so mad. But we are getting back into our every week situation. Because at the end of the day, that's what you should do with a podcast. It is. Uh, it is. And we need to keep that up, which we will. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's been hard. It's, it has been very hard. Life's hard. No. Life isn't really hard. Life's a blessing, but just sometimes it's a bit hard. Yeah. And we're yeah. lucky. Yeah, we are lucky. I can we're sit on lucky. here, dress as a vet zebra in my kitchen. I'm warm. I've got a hot water bottle. I've got coffee. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. I've said something to Dad today. Remember, Dad, our mantra in our house is food in my belly, roof over my head, love in my heart. We're a millionaire in the world. Remember that. Absolutely. We'll keep saying that on every podcast, won't we? Last podcast, we were, it was quite a serious one, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was a bit, it was rather a bit ranty. It wasn't ranty. I think I was, was a bit ranty. I think, you know, we've got a lot going on, and I think it was quite a serious one. Um, do that again. What, what? Oh, hello. <laughs> make my ponytail into moustache. Yeah, let's make it a little bit more lighthearted than this, this, this podcast. I, oh, got... I don't know how to make it lighthearted, though. There's not a lot of lighthearted. <laughs> For a second, then, if it wasn't for that bit sticking up on you, if you're not watching this and listening to it, she's actually got her hair over her lip. And that is brilliant. She looks like a cross. She looks like a cat mustache. Do you know what? Once me and Pete, when we first got together, I went to Ibiza for a weekend with the girls, and uh, it was one of those. I shouldn't have gone. The girl we went with, one of them dropped out because she had, couldn't get the time for work. The other one, I wasn't really that close friends with, but she's lovely and she was a really nice girl. But really, she didn't want to go. So we ended up going. And on the first night, I went and met my friend who was dealing with the clubs there. So I was kind of getting in free and didn't have to worry about paying. And somebody just walked up to me, took my iPhone out of my hand, didn't they? Just yeah. walked off with it. And I was like... I literally wasn't going to go and challenge them. It was like, whatever, I've lost my iPhone. Went back to the hotel. I am like the most straight-headed person now. Was it locked as well, though? Yeah, it was locked, but somebody could have done that. Went back, completely rational. 
and went into that place, asked them at the hotel, they let me use all the stuff, and then I managed to get Helen's like iPhone, yeah, you and I to called me. you, and we spent the whole night with me putting my hair in different positions over my head. And it's amazing on it FaceTime was. how many different hairstyles you can make when you've got Oh, you, I was mesmerised by it. Yeah. I was, I was absolutely mesmerised yeah, by it. At the end of it, I almost considered having quite a short hairstyle. Cause I thought, that, yeah, was, that, that was the morning right. I went out and got lost in an alleyway, wasn't it? That was it? when you got lost in an alleyway. Yeah. yeah, you did. We were in very different states. You'd had a massive party. I genuinely yeah. had been sorting out my iPhone situation with O2. Yeah, it was literally like an alleyway which never stopped ending. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's just massive. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Anyway. I've, I've been feeling, feeling quite nostalgic recently. We do on these podcasts. We've talked about this before. I, I mean, I've been through a period, actually, in the past few months. I haven't done it for a bit now because I thought to myself, I'm doing it all the time. Everybody will come across, so I look similar to my age. I just start talking for them about, oh, nostalgia and, you know, years ago. And, and it's obviously the midlife What is it that crisis. you're nostalgic about? Everything. What are you nostalgic about? Though? Growing up, being a kid. So no. let us know what you're nostalgic about. Comment below, please, and we'll return to that next week and debate whether we actually also feel your nostalgia. Apparently, two out of three memories that create nostalgia make you feel happier. I think a lot of the ones that I create make me feel sad because when mm. I think of them, I was younger, freer, poorer, but therefore freer, and didn't really take a lot of things that seriously back then. But nonetheless, that must be because I'm owed quite a lot of positive nostalgic memories because the two that are meant to be positive must arrive at some point. Nostalgia gets me, it's, it's probably, I don't know, come up to Christmas time, I get nostalgia. Bonfire. When the darkness starts. Yeah. yeah and the smells. smells. Whoa. The smells, yeah. It's always the smells, you know. Even yeah. the summer, and in the summer you've got the cut grass, the uh, light air. We had a Christmas tea off. the other day, didn't we? We had a Christmas dinner. We did. It's like a practice run of vegetarian style. Honestly, anybody who runs business out there, which is in the catering business, restaurants, or anything like that, just start doing stuff which is like normal food, but like, you know, burgers and sausages, you know, corn stuff, whatever. Probably the corn stuff is the best stuff. And you honestly, you'll make a mint because as, as a vegetarian, we'll come and eat there because it is, <laughs> you, get, you know, it's not all about halloumi and bloody, uh, you know, what else is the halloumi? Goat's cheese. Goat's cheese and halloumi. Pasta. Yeah. Pasta. Lasagna. Just start doing stuff which is the altar. And when you do a veggie burger, don't, don't. Tell you what, here's a tip for you if you're in a restaurant, right? You want to do vegetarian burgers. Get Linda McCartney's quarter pounders or the mozzarella or the pulled pork ones. Hands down, can't beat them. Well, I imagine that <coughs> millions of those listeners who all own vegan eateries and vegetarian eateries will have taken that tip. Mm. Thanks for that there, Paul Pete. Yeah. I well, do get annoyed that when I go to a restaurant, they put one option for vegetarians. Yeah, it is. Like, pretty... screw you. Well, there was a guy the other day, and I, I sort of did a thing on Twitter. Um, I replied to him. I don't know why. I don't know why he came up. Someone replied to him. Some Somebody who's... You know, because you get the vegans out there that are staunch and, and that's what people say that they give vegans a bad name by going over the top and being very aggressive with it, you know, which is, but then it's still, that's up to them. And this guy, there was a, a comment by a reporter or something and he said something in a joke or something that he'd like to random, uh, kill systematically kill vegans, yeah, you know. <clears throat> and this other, this guy writes for the Guardian, I don't know what he writes for, but he's a journalist and he does worry radio and stuff and he, he put a tweet on there saying, and I, I, I get the first bit of it, he said something about like, you know, Where's, why come the world's got to a point where you can't say anything without anybody getting offended? I get that. There's a lot of things that you can't say which people are getting offended, but there is some things that you just think, come on, you know. But then he said, it's, uh, you know, these vegans, they choose to eat plants, bloody, 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 you know. And I thought, it's not, and I said, and I thought to myself, you know what, it's not about choosing to eat plants, you dickhead. 
You know what I mean? No, so I replied to him. To that's exactly what I said. I said, all right, I get it. I said to him, I get you right when you say that the world's going a little bit mad, a little bit, just a little bit mad on like being a bit over the top with when people say things, you know. Um, but certain things offend other people, whatever you know. But there is a limit to it. I said, but I said, your comment about saying that vegans and vegetarians choose to eat plants, you know, is absolutely wrong. I don't choose to eat plants, mate. I said, I said, I choose not to kill animals. And then I said, as an intelligent and respected journalist, you know, who, who, and I said, who has got a fair bit of intelligence. It was quite a long tweet I put down. You know, you must know that killing isn't right. And I just said, that's a deep down you do know. Lots of people liked it and retweeted yeah. it. You know what I mean? Because I thought, and it's not a dig at people who are eating meat, this. You know, it's, but this is, I used to eat meat massively, I've mentioned before, and it's not a dig. It's just a fact. Everybody who eats meat must know deep down inside them that they're killing animals and it's not right. Well, I hope Obviously, there's going to be quite a lot of people that no, go hunting, don't care. They're, you know what I mean? That's, that's, you know, but there is, it's just, I don't know. I'm not saying you're not intelligent, all right? You know, what I'm saying is... You're saying that they don't think about it because if you yeah, about it's like it, you're, you're compartmentalising the whole sort of like killing the animals, blah, 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 blah. Because it's the same when people go, oh, halal, bloody killing, strutting the throats, and then, you know what I mean? It's easier with a bolt to the head. And, 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 you know, I don't get that. Just, you know, I, I don't like the way halal meat's made. Well, it's and a I bit don't like something like to go in. Do you want to be electrocuted? Yeah. Do you want lethal well, injection? Well, maybe it's, want, not, this know. isn't genuinely, isn't a mix. I've got, I used to eat meat and I have friends that hunt and stuff, you know, and, and there's, 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 you could sit in there and debate the arse of it. But what I'm saying is just deep down when you're eating meat, Ooh. you must know that it's like you're killing Flesh. animals. But you're killing animals. But it's flesh. And that whole story, that whole sort of theory of like, people are going to hate me for saying this, I had bloody meat is a way of vegetarians, there you go, spouting your shite. But I'll say it again, I used to eat meat and I just didn't want to kill anymore. You know, and the, the, the argument of having incisors for teeth and all that, uh, in your teeth to, to eat meat with, it, it's just shit, it's not right. You know, and I just think, just just have a think about it, you know what I mean? So, And that's, that was my issue with, the, with, with this guy on... On, on sort of on Twitter last week and I've totally lost where I was going to there because you were talking about vegetarianism and uh, I got on my high horse we so I've just proved that yes we, <laughs> we can. talk about nostalgia and I said about Christmas dinners yeah. and you decided to have a rant about explore yeah. the issues around veganism yeah. well I'm not a vegan you know I'd like to be you know, veganism I'm is fine. what happens as soon as the children stop having milk in their tea yeah, and things like that. Well, people like Fair Play, like Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff like that, you know. I don't know if Brad Pitt, is Brad Pitt vegan? No idea. I don't keep up with any celebrities. Because uh, he was talking about it with him the other day, but, you know, they're, you know, they're really pushing for stuff, aren't they? So, but anyway, this isn't a be a vegetarian vegan podcast, is it? But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was saying nostalgia. And I was saying about the fact that I'm quite nostalgic at the moment. Yeah. Because I think that I was looking back the other day at childhood and I was imagining the childhood that my children have versus the childhood that I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, when you think about the whole comparison of being an 80s child with the comparison of being a millennial or yeah, a centennial yeah. child, I kind of go, like, there's definitely never been anything as exciting as the technology age that we're in now. Like, so I totally appreciate that. And that's the whole devotion I've had for the last five years in my business has been like, how do you create something that's both well and tech? So I get it. But then I was just looking back at childhood and I was thinking, you know, like, I can remember when you would get a pair of roller skates that would basically be 
two pieces of metal shoved together that oh, you could God, like yeah. extend from like tiny all the way to like a size seven and then at the end it just have like two like thin pieces Buckles. of leather yeah. no wouldn't you wouldn't you'd have at the end for your toes you'd have two thin pieces of leather tied together with a bow yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you'd have like a little strap over and you'd put them on your feet and without any concept of the danger you were in and you just like go hell for leather you would definitely fall over and hurt yourself yeah. but it didn't matter and the other thing was like your parents would present you with a second hand bike at Christmas it would be three sizes too big for you and you wouldn't give a shit you just get on it you just go to the side when you needed to stop yeah. everything was like that and I was kind of going through everybody these days is so scared of the issues and risks to life that it kind of stops you living. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, when um, I was a kid, I literally climbed trees, fell down things, broke stuff. Mum and Dad said there was A&E so often that they had social services out. These kind of things were just normal parts of the 80s childhood. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking, I'm glad that I was there for that, as well as there for this, because our kids have lived so much more of, like, that confined life you know, the confined life. Don't get me wrong, they were kicked out at five years old and seven years old yeah. to go to the park together. And their whole childhoods, their childhoods were outside because I happen to have that kind of mindset. But as they've grown into teens and they've followed peers, everything kind of is in their room or they're not really taking those kind of risks anymore. Mm. And you kind of sit there and think there's a sanitized version of childhood that I'm really glad I didn't experience because genuinely like, just think about what we used to do. Well, I've just, when you mentioned there, you I mean, mentioned wait a trees. minute. We, we had, we had <clears throat> a park. Back in the day, parks did not have bouncy grounds. Parks were full of concrete and glass. Oh, that yeah, was a yeah. park. With puke yeah? machines on. Absolutely. And you would have a rocket that was so high. Yeah. It, and it would have a pole in the middle. And people would always yeah. be breaking things. Well, there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a photos, there's photos online. And if you look back to, say, I think like 1930, I don't know, from Victorian times upwards to now, and look at children's, if, if you check it out and Google this, and you'll see some photos of children's playgrounds over the years, yeah. right? You will see like some, right? Like round like that, Oh, no, right? there's, there's some photos, right? And it's basically just <laughs> ladders. Imagine ladders, metal ladders in rows up, then metal ladders across, metal ladders down, yeah. then across and across. Ropes hanging off. 50 foot in the bloody air. Yeah, Kids had, up there hanging upside we down. Had like <laughs> we, had, we had stuff like that. My yeah. dad actually ripped his finger on um, a ladder God. one yeah. that was up and across. It was really dangerous, but it didn't matter uh, because it went like this and this is how the world used to be. You get on it, you fall off it. Yeah. Your problem. Yeah. You did it. You always had your mates either breaking their arms yeah, or getting rock fights the in the air. The thing was, you choose to get on that, mate. One thing I'll say to you, and you'll probably understand, and anybody who's like sort of over 40 will understand is building sites. I know, but what I'm saying about you're not listening. <laughs> I am. No, you're not. You're not listening to the point. The point is, you're not. You're go so on. bad, you can't, You go off with some thought. Oh, I <laughs> want to talk about building sites now. You're Kids saying about building sites. Still it. go on building sites because building sites, they still exist. They haven't sanitized them. Some have security, most don't. Kids do go on building sites, right? hopefully happy kids who enjoy taking a bit of a risk they yeah. go on building sites parks are nothing like they were no, they're not. because it's gone from you having responsibility 
to the council having responsibility or the school having responsibility or the hospital having responsibility, wherever the park is, wherever the little plaything is, it's not your responsibility anymore. You get hurt, you can sue somebody. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So like all the fun goes. That's not quite because... like an, that's quite an American thing, isn't it? The yeah, sort of suing it's just thing, a litigious you know? society. But yeah. what I'm saying is I'm glad I grew up when... You weren't wrapped in cotton wool. No, when I broke things. Yeah. Although my son did break his arm or falling off a ladder thing. I th- you know what though? I think that, you know, you, you have brought but when I came into your life, I could see that you brought uh, Tide and Evan or two boys up yeah. in, in a very 70s and 80s yeah, way. Yeah, I did. But then they got to high school. Yeah, and no, I chopped their hair off and... Everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Because yeah. they get self-power and self-determination in a way that, you know, you don't want to control. It is a whole... You've got to keep it there. It is a different way. It of, is. It's a different way. It's like I can you know. say to the kids 24-7 now, look, go out. But the thing I can't do is these days throw them out of the house. Like I used to back in the day, I'd be like, right, go on, off you go to the park for a few hours, get an yeah, ice cream and, yeah. you know, learn about money and all of that. And it was like the other days that like, if you had a pet dog, you'd, just, <laughs> you'd go out to work and you'd let your dog out, get back in from work and let your dog in. That's why you used to see, yeah. every, loads of people will totally understand what we're saying here. I, you know, I used to want to adopt all the dogs. Yeah, you'd just see so many... Not, had, not wild no. dogs, but dogs roaming around. I had like a full But these of, dogs were someone's dogs. I like, had a lassie dog for a day. Did you? We've Me and We've my mum's friend's daughter, <laughs> we found this like lassie dog and I was like, that's def- definitely, it's a lassie dog. Yeah. And we like owned it for a bit and we got it pedigree chum and we even tried to see whether you could do that pedigree chum where you sliced it in half. Yeah, yeah. oh God, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> it did, it worked. Did anyway, it? the dog loved it, yeah. But I still no idea. How did you scrape that? How did you scrape it out of the thing and then plonk it? I went it to and... my mum and dad's because yeah. I wanted it was my dog then. I decided it was my dog. I mean, yeah, obviously we've... I was immediately told yeah. it wasn't my dog and then I was told to take it back where we'd originally found it, yeah. which... Uh... Stray dogs and glue sniffers <laughs> where I used to live. Stray dogs and glue sniffers. <laughs> you remember all the like kind of social stuff that comes to school and talks you about glue sniffers and you'd be like... Uh, we had the drugs talk once and that was in seniors. Other than that... No, don't. I had to find out about... I used to live in a place called Eston. And like Eston Hills was like... Everyone who's listened (coughs) to this podcast has heard you talk about how you lived in Heston. And what Eston and what it was like and where it was and how rough it was a million times. Have they? Yep. We'll have to just tune in into it now. (laughs) I won't go over it again. But I believe this, there was lots of glue sniffers or Beston Hills. Yeah. I'm surprised you survived (coughs) with all the things you've told us about Eston Hills. I'm surprised you've... Have you told them that you got stabbed... Yeah, I got stabbed. That wasn't an Arsenal, so... <coughs> ah, no pain. <laughs> she just winked at me. You did, you, did, you did actually get stabbed, though. I know I got stabbed. You've never told them the story about the stabbing? Haven't I? No. I've never told anybody on this oh, podcast. Oh, you've told everyone about the Eston Hills. I mean, Eston, bloody hell, Eston. They'll probably make a movie, Eston. The Scissor Man. And the Eston, movie. Eston Hills, Eston Hills There's been a movie. There's been a movie about Eston Hills. I can't remember his name now, but he's a really good little filmmaker from, from Middlesbrough. And he is made, he little? I don't know. Small as in, like, not a massive, like, Spielberg or anybody near that. Danny Boyle. <coughs> and he made a, no, well, he made a, a film on Eston Hills, and it was um, the bottom of the iron ore mines up there, and it was absolutely brilliant, especially if you live there. If you don't live there, and you're not interested in, like, iron ore and history, probably boring, but there we go, a bit of a plug for Eston Hills. Yeah, I got stabbed. Somebody took a... <laughs> Somebody stole it at the roof of our den, so we went to get it back, and then they followed us, and we got... And, and did, they, did they use an iron ore spear? That's what they used. Yeah, they used a spear. I think it's seven the ninth. It was a spear, a spear off a fence, a rusty spear. And he just, just yeah, got, got stabbed in the arm. And hand, there, and hands, there. Stabbed well, there. ten, were you? A bit younger, probably. Terrible. Yeah. 
How did we survive that childhood? Don't know. Neither of us, like, we no, were no police, mean, no police, nothing. No police, anything. I can remember the first conversation I had with the police. I got officer. stabbed. I know you did. No police. Oh, no, it's terrible. Well, that's your mum. Oh, it'll be all right, happy. It'll be all right. <laughs> I know, yeah, Sam Milligan. No, that uh, wasn't, that was good. That was your mum. Was it? Oh, it'd be all right, happy. Well, you, you get me doing, uh, you know, my mum might watch this, you know what I mean? Like, if she, that, she'll be like, I don't speak like that. And you do. <laughs> oh, our piece. You do, mum, yeah. You do. Yeah. You're well, almost... she would, she'd be like, that. oh, no bother. Your dad had just gone round beating up whoever the dad's kids, the kid's dad was, and that was it. So yeah. it was done in the seventies and eighties, wasn't it? Yeah. Got a problem with my the, got a problem with my kid, have you? Yeah. Right, I'm round your dad's and I'm gonna deck him. Yeah, I remember getting punched in the in the in there in the forehead when I was a little kid. Dad had been like, Nick me ball, kick the ball off, and then like punched me in that in like the temple. temple. And all I could think was, <laughs> I've been died. told that if you ever get punched in the temple, you're gonna Everyone's die. And that. I started crying. and I was thinking, I'm gonna die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Did my dad used to say the same? It was terrible. Take one punch to the temple and you can be dead. You're just, like... just came over on the field and just got a ball, nicked a ball, booted it on the road so all the cars ran over it. Everyone else ran off and I was stood there going, what are you doing? And he just, the biggest one just came, it must have been about 20. I was like eight or something. It must have been about 20. just went, smack. And it's like, dumb. And I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to die now. And all I could do, you know think to myself because you ruminate on things when you're a kid don't you oh, oh, when I... did it gonna happen yeah it's like when that remember that film that nuclear war film came out oh and it, it was a, yeah, remember tomorrow. yeah and it was like around the Falkland Wars Ridiculous. as well I saw it on TV and where I lived on Dresden Hills like you know and like it was like ICI and stuff was there the Wilton the sort of big you know industrial place where Terminator 2 was filmed by Jack Bauer all I could think about was my god we're all gonna this is gonna be a nuclear war you know, and the Falklands was on. I was reading things like in the bloody paper. I was a kid just thinking, Christ, we're all just going to die. And the nightmares I had, I wouldn't dare go out. I didn't want to go up Best Nils anymore. I thought we were going to die because of this bloody TV thing. I'm ruminating it. But, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I watched, I remember watching Poltergeist, the first horror film I ever saw, except for Carrie. Ruminated <laughs> on that. Thought I was going to die, get attacked. Piranha, the film, couldn't go in the bath anymore. Thought I was going to get eaten by fish. Honestly, I was like, just, just my brain just went off. <laughs> not a point where you thought to yourself no. just need to stop yeah now I still do it <laughs> the stuff I used to ruminate on honestly it was like and then you know if I wasn't ruminating on things I was getting into everything I could possibly get into right Garfield Garfield posters cut them draw them put them on the wall Michael Jackson stick him up there as well skateboards finger skateboards <laughs> quick I can't just have a finger skateboard I've got to make a full cardboard skate park in my room you know what I mean <laughs> Like, all these things, and my brain was just like, you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> none of you know Jamie. Jamie's one of my best friends. Jamie showed me a video of his son, Rory, doing Michael Jackson. He's become obsessed with Michael Jackson. I hope hey. think about you, yeah? yeah? And he said, I've got a video. The last time I saw a video of Rory was like three years ago. Like, Rory's like a proper young lad now, like seven. And he showed it me, and I'm ready for this, like, you know, little video. And he was amazing! <laughs> He's literally gone obsessively into Michael Jackson, learnt all the moves. He's in like a moonwalk, yeah. like you would not believe a Seven-year-old white boy moonwalking. Well, you see, like I used to, what I used to do is when I got into something, because I couldn't afford to go into like Athena and buy the posters, oh and you know, because like no. Athena, like say Garfield, I went through a Garfield phase. You go into Athena, loads of Garfields, loads of posters. You yeah, get I couldn't ones. afford any of that. So, like, what I'd do is I'd draw them. 
you know, over and over and over again. All by, by the way, all in all, underneath all this, I was a Star Wars fanatic, so that was always there. You know what I mean? And I had just these obsessions with films. Yeah, I got it. I'm sure my, my cousin Andrew used to do it. He used to have these like sort of like things that I could, and he got into Star Wars. He was always into that, and I knew he, he was into like these various things, and I could Nobody see him. Nobody would ever know if you listen to them. this podcast that Pete was also into Star Wars. It's never. No, it's never been said. It's never been. It's never cropped up. Yeah, but I used to. I really. I he was, used to withhold his bowels mm, by playing Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I used to actually play on my Star Wars when I need the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? People would sit on pillows. People would read magazines. You know what I mean? I'd go and play with me fucking Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, Pete needs a clap again. That's what it was. It was a joke in the house. You know? Oh, do you need a poo? What? What are you on about? <laughs> Playing with Star Wars. You know what I mean? 17 years old. What are you doing, Pete? I remember the last time I ever played with him. I like got the act- I got the action force, the action force figures, the G.I. Joe figures that my brother had and I just started them in as well. And like, I just got this thing when I was playing like, a Sabutio ball and I'd play football with him. It was just bizarre. It was nothing to do with Star Wars or G.I. Joe. They were football players. <laughs> I'd make two goals, need a shit and play with them. And that was when I was 22. <laughs> I used to literally... That was yesterday. <laughs> I literally... I never really had toys. My mom, I never wanted dolls or anything. My mum said like I was really awkward. Yeah. I was like, I wanted a guitar one Christmas. I've told you about that. I've like not forgiven my parents. Oh, yeah, like not. I like literally haven't. I apologise if I've ever talked about this before. I don't think I have. I don't think you have on the podcast, but you forget. So apologies if we have. But there was this year that I was like nine, and I didn't ask for a lot because mum and dad, like most parents those days, you just didn't have any money. <laughs> so like mum and dad always gave us a proper good Christmas. Like we got a pillowcase full of presents like so we'd get like 10 yeah. or 11 presents or whatever it's like massive for us that you know I get second hand bike my, or whatever it'd be yeah. awesome, awesome my Christmases were really good I mean yeah. that was, was yeah really yours good. were expensive Christmas but we didn't but what we got like it was a lot for what we had so it was just the most exciting time in the world and my mum this Christmas I had asked for like six months I wanted an electric guitar I wanted an electric guitar I wanted an electric guitar and I like consistently, I didn't let go of it. I wanted an electric guitar. I wanted to be an electric guitar player. That was what I decided I wanted to be. You'd have been a good electric guitar player. Well, I mean, I was a terrible violinist. So yeah, let's just say on my first attempt at string into instruments, um, at that point I was playing the violin. I was literally terrible. I mean, oh. terrible to the point where when I had to do a solo, no, it wasn't a solo. It was, it was a trio with, you know, Matthew, my friend on Facebook and the drugs counselor. Yeah. He, Janet Darlington, who's another friend on Facebook, and me had to play the sailor's hornpipe in front of the whole school and all the parents because, like, we really nailed oh, it. How does that go? Yeah. The thing is, the violin, though, it's not, it's, you know, unless you're, you know, like well, we you know. nailed it. We nailed it. We'd been taught quite a lot, right? Oh, right and yeah. then halfway through, I just gave up and just put it down and acted like I didn't have a part. Did, in you, it. Do the, did you do the hornpipe? No, I just looked at them, <laughs> looked at them like that. And then the, the last one, I picked it up and did it again because <laughs> I was just like, I just don't want to do this. So that had been my That's experience. rebellious, that. No, it wasn't. It was just, I just didn't, I got a bit like overwhelmed by it all. It was pretty overwhelming. Let, let didn't last. The next year, I was cast as the lead in Joseph and his technical dream coat. And my parents had to have a debate with the music teacher who was making me be Joseph at yeah. this point because she wanted Did you want to be, be Joseph? Oh, of course I did. It yeah. was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, I actually had the lead in all my... Shut uh, up. Anyway, I was Joseph, but they wanted to make me wear no top because it was... I was only a kid. All right. <laughs> so I was like 10, Still. 11. 
like and they wanted me to potentially not and they were like my mum was like no she's a, she's a, yeah, that was like it, what it was like in the day still 10 and 11 though it's yeah. still like you're starting there was no to... way there was nothing there there was nothing there till I was 18 come on you know these days literally I was a very late bloomer mm. but the point is that when I was going through whatever I the dogs were just making a massive entrance now you're right Poppy Chips it wasn't that she just it, Poppy just literally just booled over the smallest mm. dog we've got we've got the cutest animals in the world but anyway back to the point that I was just making mm. so a string instruments and me were not good but I'd wanted this guitar and I desperately wanted this guitar and like did these half size guitars electric that you could get always good that's what I was going to get because obviously it's the one thing that I'd asked for I get to Christmas Eve and my mum sits me in the bath because obviously when you were a kid your parents like my brother would always have a bath together sitting in the bath my mum's doing my hair She's doing my hair. I hate having my hair done. Anybody else out there who is like an 80s child, you hate having your hair done. It's awful. Like dragging your hair through. And then she throws into the conversation, Emma, do you know what's really bad? The shops have sold out of every electric guitar. So we couldn't get you one. We asked Father Christmas, but Father Christmas said that there are no electric guitars anywhere. And I was like, okay, mum. Because I was an accepting child, you know, I wasn't ungrateful. The next day at Christmas, I woke up. They'd got me a classical full-sized guitar. <laughs> like, you try at nine to feign excitement. And then they said, when they saw my face, look, both the mix of horror, confusion, hurt, and just general disappointment, they went, the man who owned that used to play in an orchestra. Because that's obviously how I saw myself. The reason I wanted that electric guitar was because secretly I harboured a desire to one day play in a classical orchestra. That was the exact reason behind. And thus ends my experience with music. That was it. No way. That was it. Never got picked up. Was shit. <laughs> hated it. Literally hated it. Broke it pretty quickly on purpose. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so hurtful. Absolutely. Really and bad. I can't believe that all electric guitars have been sold out in the world. It took me till about 15 to realise they lied. <laughs> oh, they lied? I'm joking. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, imagine that if you still bought it. Can't believe all electric guitars have been sold out. Do you know what I mean? That's just terrible. Isn't it? If I could play the guitar, I'd like to play probably the bass. I felt disappointed with Father Christmas as well. Yeah. I was probably projecting Father Christmas. Yeah. Bastard. Yeah, I'm not going to believe in him anymore. So much. I've been really good all year. Yeah, I had good Christmases. What did your mum and dad used to say about what would happen if you didn't behave? Oh, um, it was the call. Did you? It was a call, yeah. We got three stripes on the wall, three black stripes on the wall. You got three. Is, it, is that from call or is it like? Uh, well, I don't know. It's just like. Was it marker pen? <laughs> three black stripes on the wall. Never heard of that one. You Ours get... was a bag of coal. Yeah. Just a bag of coal, you know, like, and it was just. Yeah. My dad, we did used, what we used to do though. So we used to have stockings, but they weren't stockings. We used to get one of our dad's old ICI socks. So anybody's worked at ICI or dad's worked at ICI, they'd be like the orange, like a like a weird sort of orange, yeah. Sit with ICI on them or not, you know, it's, it's, it's socks. Okay, and, okay, we, we can so get a sock. we put them on the mantelpiece and then we get up in the morning and they'd be full of like, you know, the gold coin chocolates and an orange and God, all just like sweets spoiled. and stuff. So it was like Smarties and that. And then we'd have the presents. So we're like, every year we'd, we'd I think, not every year, but we'd get a bike quite a lot, you know. I mean, I remember getting a budgie and <clears throat> um, one year, oh, Chris got a striker, like a, a green striker bike. You know, but then, then from that, then it was just Star Wars. Like everybody in my family just get me Star Wars stuff. So it was literally just Star Wars every year. For and I loved it. It was like getting up into a, 
a, a world of Star Wars, you know, and my auntie would come around the neck, give us a couple of Star Wars bits of my nana and granddad on the night, we'd get Star Wars there. Not massive amounts, I mean, but just, you know, I'd get like every year one, like a Millennium Falcon for the main present, and then, after, you know, different things. My mum and dad actually did get me a budgie. That was another massively disappointing present. Yeah, we had a budgie once. Yeah, yeah. but like I asked for a car, and yeah. like I begged for a car because they'd said I couldn't have a dog. Yeah, so well, I, I begged for a cat. Didn't for have a dog. Yeah. Didn't get a cat. So the day I came home for my birthday, they went go behind the curtain, and like behind the curtain on like a stand was a brown piece of material. Yeah. And they were like, pull it off, and I was like, pulled it off, and there was a green budgie there. <laughs> oh, a little pink budgie. <laughs> I'd never had any inclination, like. I, it's weird. Yeah. What do you call it's it? It's like, well, it got called Peter. Peter, Peter the budgie. It wasn't even me. Was it a budgie it. or was it a? I was just like, it was just a tip to any parent. Yeah. If a kid asks for a cat or a dog, okay. and doesn't specifically ask also for a bird, mm. giving them a bird's like presenting them with a cockroach. Yeah. It's like so irrelevant. Like if I ask for a car, and you bring me a pram, I'm literally. <laughs> Doesn't matter how good the pram is, the pram can have super pram wheels and yeah. a proper pram Bluetooth system that I can plug my earphones into. It's it's just not it's not a car. And but it was the same with the cat and dog. And just to say this is a why pram Bluetooth system. This is amazing. What is this pram with a Bluetooth? What does it do? Why do you have blue is that so you walk along and someone calls you and you're like, that's just a Bluetooth headset? <laughs> what a Bluetooth on your pram? I don't get it. I, I Sorry. fear we have gone from the world of, like, <laughs> just metaphor right. to the world of, of, of reality. reality. High-speed pram Bluetooth. I'm just, I think I'm going to now look online and see whether there's a pram with a Bluetooth sound system. There probably is. <coughs> oh, I'm joking. <coughs> Excuse me. There probably is, because they've got little speakers probably in the side of the pram, which play, like, lullabies and stuff to your kids, or kid. Obviously, well, kids, if you've got twin, twins in a Bluetooth pram system, pram. Are they called prams anymore? Oh, no, the buggies? You're so weird. Yeah, oh, they no. do. <laughs> they do. So there you go. And if you want to look it up, you can check it out. Quite a few options, a, and options on our still on the car, though, eBay. No! <coughs> I'm choking too. <coughs> Someone pumping. Yeah, so any basic message to parents who are thinking about disappointing their child on the birthday with a bird as opposed to a feline or a canine, don't do it. Yeah. Ruined it. Do you know it. what I did? I gave him a gram. So there, that's what happened. Did you teach it to speak? So I didn't even get a birthday present because I gave him a noun. No, it was too old. It was an old budgie. It was an old budgie. Don't oh. even go there. Probably, probably got off the guy who sold the, uh, the uh, orchestra. Yeah, it was. That's the guitar. Yeah. Probably is. Yeah. Like, hey, do you, want, do you want this for a birthday? <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yes, you wanted a dog. Yeah, I'll throw this budgie in with the guitar. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You have to keep it on the back though for a bit. That's why it's sold. Terrible. How that long do budgies life? live? Actually, Peter lasted a long time and it turned into my grandma's greatest love. Yeah. When she'd lost my uncle Cyril, she uh, got another budgie. Yeah. Got another budgie after that. We used to have budgies. Peter, Joey, Peter, Louie. <laughs> I can't remember which one I was wondering what we were called. Why are they always called Peter? Were there any new people that had budgies called Peter? You know? Come uh, in. Come in. We have a child. 
He's more like a man now. Look at the toilet. Go on to your connection and and and. It says what connection though? It says refresh. Uh, wired. <coughs> yeah, we, it's weird that they called it Peter because I obviously my name's Peter, but I used to have friends as well. Budgie's called Peter. Why did they call her Budgie's Peter? What and Joy? People were creative in the eighties. It's as simple as that. What Joy and Peter? We just stuck to very ordinary names. Brilliant, I love it. Very ordinary. The eighties were good though, weren't they? The eighties were amazing. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time. I looked hideous. Well, I looked like a... I don't know what I looked like. I yeah. looked like a... One day we'll have to share snaps over. of all of our weird outfits and stuff. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff, yeah. It's funny, though, because what they've done now with nostalgia and 80s stuff and the old games and stuff, they're bringing it into, like, the future with the technology now. But, I mean, then, you see, if there's a PlayStation on the original PlayStation and they've made, as well as Nintendo as well, and they've made these... They're even smaller, uh, same, like, look like them, with every game on. And it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. Like, a PlayStation was, you know, you had to open it and you could, like, you know, and then put the thing in and close it down, the old PlayStation, the grey ones. And it was, like, one disc for one game and it took ages to load. And, and now they've got all of the games <laughs> on a unit. They have no idea what it was like. It's funny, isn't it? I'd love to send the kids back to the 80s for a bit. They'd love it. Oh, the, yeah, I don't know. I, think, I don't think they would. I think they would. I don't know if I would love it. I think they'd like the sort of out and about in the streets. I remember the, the first things. microwave meal. What was it? It was... Spaghetti. No, no. the first microwave meals were like, they were plated dinners. Uh, yes, uh, so they chicken were like, dinners. And... They were Finder's plated dinners. So you could like, uh, I used to work in a shop and they came yeah. in for the first time and the I'll first microwave meals and then I've it kind of went mental. I've tried them before. I've yeah, like them. roast beef. Turkey, a yeah. little bit of stuffing, carrots, looked utterly crap, but yeah. whatever, people ate them. Oh my God, but yeah. it was then, they were, like, they were like three quid in the 80s. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money in the 80s. No, it was probably one ninety nine when they started, probably three quid and left. But what was yeah. the first video you've ever watched on when you got a video player? Do you remember? I didn't have a video player. Didn't you? No. I was Karate Never Kid. Never got one. A copy of Karate Kid. Yeah, I didn't have anything like that. We didn't yeah. have anything like that. We didn't have a TV till I was, you know, a young, like, youngish. Yeah. Yeah. My God, you know, look at the, yeah, it is very nostalgia. That's why I don't care about technology. That's why I'm so weird with technology because yeah. I've just never really kind of found I think we've chatted about it before again. If we haven't, it's, it's the, the whole like when you had a TV, a black and white TV, the aerial. And you rented it from Rumbling. Yeah, the aerial used to be a, a thing that was on the top yeah, of it, like weird. a round circle thing that used to creak when oh, you like moved it. Or like it'd come up at the side and it'd go into three pieces up like that. Yeah, and you'd creak. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to get, <coughs> trying to watch the equaliser on a Thursday night later on. I used to love the equaliser. Yeah, Edward would, would, would. Today it's just been nonsical. Nonsensical. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's been nonsical. <laughs> I'm saying that. Yeah, I don't know. No, it hasn't. <laughs> but yeah, we did say on the last podcast that the next one's going to be more light-hearted and, you know... Apologies for it making no sense at all. Let's finish it off then with a little bit more just nonsense and some light-hearted banter. Out of superhero powers, being able to swim underwater. No. No. Flying. I'd literally, on that one, I'd be eaten by a shark immediately. Yeah. Flying. I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> invisibility. Flying, invisibility, superhero strength, or the one that from, the one from Deadpool 2, being lucky. Be lucky. Yeah. Out of all them, it's you know what? It'd be, it's either flying or be lucky. 
Bill Gates has got that. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, flying's pretty cool, but there's not much... You, you'd just be like, oh, look, there's really the cold. flying man. It's really cold. Yeah, there's the Can't flying man. Either. Oh, there, she's like... Because if you, yeah, if you need to fly, you need to be able to have superhuman strength. You know, you can't have both. So to fly, you'd just be like, there's the flying man again. You'd be famous, but you'd be famous just for a bit. Well, it's a flying guy. You know what I mean? No one else could fly with you, so, like, it's boring. But being lucky... I like that you've really processed this. Yeah. Yeah. I'd definitely be lucky, yeah. But yeah. lucky's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like it when we ask our kids this and what would be the favourite superhero power and they'd be like, to be able to emulate every other superhero power ever. Yeah. Mine's <laughs> just mine's to heal everybody. Heal. Mm. Uh, you're an empath mm. though, so. Mm. That'd be cool. That would Come be here. cool. Mm. Mm. That would be cool. New face. Mm. Yeah. So, hang on, we've got an invite somewhere, haven't we? We've been invited to something. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, we'll talk about the next podcast. <coughs> Fill it in now. On that note. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't have very interesting lives. Like, hold a little bit back. I know, true. Take care, guys. See you soon.